Good afternoon, everyone. This is your call to worship. Today is the third Saturday of August, August 19th, 2023. Greetings on behalf of our pastor, Reverend Dr. Milton Black. Welcome to Refuge from the Storm Church, a ministry of hope, encouragement, and purpose. We seek to serve treasured individuals in North America and around the world. To our regular members, our new listeners and guests, thank you for spending a portion of your Saturday with us. Your presence is very important to us, and thank you for coming. We pray that something will encourage you. Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and God will exalt you. Remember, God is fighting your battles, arranging things in your favor, making a way even when we don't see it. Our serving team today is Brother Bob Pierce, our Zoom moderator, Sister Sharon Taylor, our Minister of Music, and today Pastor Millicent will offer the altar prayer. Ministers Pam and Terrence Wilson of Jesus Christ Die for You Church will deliver the preached word. Sister Greta Ayers will offer the invitation to discipleship, and I, Carolyn Cunningham, will serve as your worship leader. We ask all of you on this call to pray in your daily prayers for Refuge from the Storm Church members, the Worldwide Church, our families and friends, TIs around the world, advocacy and activist groups the loved ones of those who've died from targeting. Also pray for all government officials to be moved by the Holy Spirit to discern the will of God, do it and not do their will. Please pray for world peace, all refugees, the worldwide climate crisis, especially the people of Lahaina, Maui, and the people of Hawaii. Pray for the Haitian people, the Sudanese people, and all people of West Africa as they undergo civil war. Pray for all victims of gun violence, gun violence, stabbings, and all violence, and their families. Pray for all children, especially those being trafficked, and pray for TIs who have had their children taken away unjustly by an unjust court system. Pray for the unhoused, both targeted and untargeted, to obtain housing that will help them to have peace without satanic frequencies harming them. Thank you for your attention. Now let us listen to our opening praise and worship song. After that, I will lead you to the rest of the worship service. As a friendly reminder, please mute your phone if there's any background noise where you are by pressing star six and be blessed. Amen. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. I love that song and I've heard it by different artists and always just love the lyrics and what they mean. And God bless you all. It is a pleasure and an honor to be with you all again tonight. And 
Um, thank you again, Dr. Black, for including us in your, your uh, worship services. And our pastor has a good message tonight. God will give me justice. And we're honored, so I'll introduce Pastor Terrence. Hello, good evening, everybody. Thank you, co-pastor Jesus Christ, I for you, Pamela Wilson, my wife. And I thank everybody, as Pamela says, we also want to keep, uh, we touch and agree with Sister Elena, and we keep her in our prayers too. We thank God for speedy healing and recovery for new testimony. Today, as Pamela said, God will give me justice. You hear a lot of people say they want justice, but when God gives you justice, that overrides every situation that may you we may encounter. So let's go ahead and get started right now. So we all, you know, we all have to contend with enemies in this life, um, especially those of us in the targeted community. There's enemies, um, and actually we are the natural enemies of people who are not saved. They're under the influence of Satan's control. We know that. We we're, we're belong to God, and they're under the influence of the wicked one. That's what there's, the scripture says that. They try all kinds of ways to harm us. We know that many of us are going through certain types of uh, targeting, emotional, uh, electronic, all kinds of different other things, um, stalking, sabotage, and everything else. And the Bible talks about them inventing ways to do evil in Romans 1.30. It says they're slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. Now, that is horrible. They're coming up with ways. They invent ways. They find technology to do evil. And this is what the Bible already warned us of. Um, Ephesians also says that their understanding is darkened because they're alienated from the life of God and because ignorance is in them and the blindness of their heart. Amen. And also, too, I'll say this right now. I had this in with that uh, Proverbs chapter 12 and 7 says, God is over, overthrow the wicked for their wickedness and they will what? Perish. Now, a lot of people say, well, why does it take God so long? Sometimes because, let's say this right here. It's because God knows that he's merciful and sometimes he has to be patient with our enemy because he's merciful. And the Bible says he's just, he's forgiving. Well, but, but then the day came like with Noah when the time mercy ran out on those people. So here's the thing you gotta remember, even though Paul calls it a momentarily affliction, these people, most of them, they don't turn back and repent. They're going to be in eternal hell for, e for eternity. There's, Amen. No, Amen. there's no end to that. You understand? So God is being infinitely patient because he's the God of patience. Understand? But then it comes to time where his patience is going to run out, just like he did with the Noah's generation. And so as Pat Mattel, today I will say this right now. There are a lot of people following strange spirits that come against the body of Christ. The Bible talks about that. People go around here, they're killing people, saying in the name of God, they're doing this. But we know that that's not God. These people are misled and being used by satanic forces. Some is by satanic forces and some is by electronical or mechanical, different things like that. But we knew that all things work together for those who are the call by God. And God has got us. Don't worry about it. He's got us. You got to remember even though we're going through this, this is a momentary affliction what God has for us. And we know ultimately that God will give us justice. Now, here's the thing. Pastor said that, he said, God gave me a word. God will give me justice. And it made me think of this movie we saw. It wasn't a Christian movie, but it was a movie about this guy that was horribly persecuted. I mean, all kinds of people, networks of people were against him to try to, to destroy him. And this was back in like the 1800s. It's a fiction movie, of course, but I want to show a clip of that to 
show, we're just going to illustrate how you can be persecuted and you can overcome it and how revenge can try, sometimes try to creep in if we don't allow God to do it his way. So let me put this on if I'm allowed to share a screen. I'll put this one clip first and then I will um, put another one on later. So share sound, share. Okay, let me know if you can see or hear that. At the very moment he threw away the stone, this other person that was trying to dig out of prison to get out comes up through the floor of his cell. And at that point, when they, he meets another person that's in this same prison, he has hope. He starts getting hope and this guy te starts teaching him things, starts teaching him how to defend himself because one of the ways he got put in jail is because he didn't understand certain things he couldn't read. He taught him how to read. He taught him literature, philosophy, he taught him all this stuff. And they would sneak, he would sneak in this guy's cell every day, teach him stuff, teach him how to fencing and all kinds of other things that rich people know. This guy was a priest. And um, so I guess the, the point of this is part about God giving us justice. He was about to give up, as you can see, can see he, had, he had done that thing year after year after year, and he took the little stone and he just threw it away. He said, I'm not gonna carve this anymore. Okay, now also too, as we say right here. <clears throat> so when, when, God, when you're about to give up. Right, when you're about to give up, that's the time we need to cry out more to God okay. and say, Lord, please show me. I, I'm reading right now about Job, about what he went through. He lost his wife, his kids, the wealth, the cattle. He lost everything. Job lost everything. He was a man that you could have said in 1929 and 1928, when a stock market crashed in New York City, there were so many suicides that people were jumping off the building because they had lost all the money that they had accumulated throughout the years or inherited or invested poorly. But Job said, yet you slay me, yet I'll stand. Because he realized the most important thing, the affliction meant something, but he knew the most important thing, Paul says, should to persecution, should death or perseverance or anything separate us from his love of God. Jesus told us, if you are going to be my disciples, you will have trials and tribulations. But behold, I will overcome the world because I am all time. Now, when Jesus came back, the Bible tells us when he showed himself as he was resurrected by God, he showed the wounds in his hands, in his side, the nails that he was on the cross. When they, the disciples were going back and forth between two opinions, is this Christ or is this somebody just died preaching to be Christ? But when he came back in his glorified body, he indeed was the Lord. Now you had Thomas was not there, the Bible tells us. And Thomas said, I will not believe unless I see the wounds for myself. He said, Thomas, put your hand on my side. Look at my wound right here. And the Bible said, after that, Thomas fell out and said, my Lord, my God, and my King, because he believed. But Christ said, you should have believed before that I am he who have come for the world. So God will give me justice. But let me add one more thing. I should add this. Ask God to give you righteous justice, not just justice, righteous judgment. Because the reason why there are a lot of people that want justice for things that they feel were wrong against them, but make sure God gets the glory out of it. Not us just get the victory, but God get all the glory and all the honor because people today believe that God is dead. He's not alive right now, but God is alive and well. <laughs> you know why? Because when he got up on that cross, that was our reconciliation back to God. Amen. Amen. So in the midst of our persecution and enemies taking 
um, actions against us continuously, we may often feel like we want to take revenge. I know I felt like that. All of us. Okay. We, we, we sometimes can be consumed with trying to understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and just getting wrapped up. That in himself, itself is a, a form of torment because the enemy, my husband tells me all the time, like, you know, especially in targeting situations, he says, you can't figure out everything. He says, sometimes you're just going to have to trust God. And I, I get so upset when things, and you all know what I mean, when things are, um, I'd say misplaced. And I'm saying that I'm using that term very loosely. Um, things are misplaced or taken, little things, nothing even major. And my husband tells me a, a, a very great piece of advice. He says, nothing in this house belongs to us, not even our lives. And it makes me feel like if God is in charge of my life and he's put me here, he's in charge of everything and whatever he allows to to even go missing, I just say to God be the Lord. And I and I get one time I was so upset, and I just the words of my husband came ringing to me about that. So God is in control, and it's okay to fight back in our own not in our own strength, but with God. But we can do some other things. Amen. I want to say this right now. Thank you, sweetie. But do not do. But we do not have to fight this battle in our own strength. We do not have to fight this battle, and I do not fight this battle on old strength. Okay. Okay. So then you can we can we can seek legal remedies. Right. And so that's what I. But let me get back to what I was saying because the one thing I'm gonna say is this. Now there are legal remedies that we could do, but the one thing I will say when we do fight the battle, remember it's either spiritual or physical. So do like be like David did when he came back from Ziglag with the 600 men, his wife and children, and all the coast was carried away by the Amalekites. But the first thing he did after they cried until he had no more strength was that he went and he took counsel with God with the ephod on, and so that ephod was what what took counsel with God. And then what he did, you know, like he didn't have a legal situation, so God told him go and pursue. Now, go ahead and test now, it is okay to go through, um, it's not taken in your own hands by taking legal action, which I've done and other others of us on this call have done. You can get an attorney, you can file EEO complaints, you can file um, discrimination or harassment or any other types of hostile workplace. I mean, there's lots of things that happen that have a um, a name to them in, in, in legal terms. And you can use whatever you can in legal actions to defend yourself. And you can use your own strength to defend yourself physically if you have to. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. But the bottom line is the, the true justice, all of the final justice, the best justice and the lasting justice will only come from God. And we'll see that at the end of the story. And I, I can't wait to show you how this thing turns out. But revenge could turn into obsession. Also. Oh, go, go. You, you said that. So God will give us justice. Now here's five ways that God promises to deal with our enemies. He will bring everything hidden into the light. Enemies can be really sneaky, and we always, all of us know that. They will say remarks when no one else notices. They will threaten you when other people aren't around. And they'll quietly try to do like subliminal threats and all kinds of things. They try to cheat you. I can't even tell you how many battles I've been on because I someone that we have an account with or phone service, whatever, would try to lie and overbill it. And I get on this phone and I know that they're trying to cheat me. And I tape a lot of things because now this this is just a side, side trail, but when we got our recent, we changed to a new carrier, they promised us all these rebates. Yo, we're going to give you $200. We're going to give you this, that, and the other. 
if you just sign up today. So they said, it'll come on your bill 30 days later. 30 days later, no $200. So I called up. I said, well, where's the $200? Well, we never, we don't know anything about that. We're not even authorized to do. I said, I don't know who's authorized or who's not, but I taped it. And I did. I said, would you like me to play the tape? And they said, oh, no. Well, if somebody taped that, somebody um, promised you that, then we'll give it to you. That's what I did. And this is how sneaky people do things. And you hate to have to always do that but we do we tape a lot of stuff so enemies do a lot of sneaky things um but there's one other thing god will give us common sense like taping stuff because if promises are made they have to be kept especially by corporations um but god still sees us he sees everything he brings things to us to our remembrance and he knows what's going on around us he looks at everything so when you when you when people are doing things against you, and you, I know you all know this, but remind, let's all remind ourselves that God sits high and looks low. He sees everything. Okay, Luke uh, 8, 17 says, nothing secret that won't be revealed and anything hidden that will not be known. Well, God will reveal everything in his time and as a season, but let's go ahead to Luke. Okay, the what, the movie? Yeah, the part. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So God will avenge you. He's the God of justice and he loves justice. Well, God is avenged. And that's why I read Proverbs chapter 12 and verse that one scripture said, God will avenge justice. The one thing about it, God's timing is not our timing. His ways are not our ways. And sometimes I just want to ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Do not ever take up a matter this serious in your own wisdom and understanding. It's nothing wrong with that, but ask God for insight. Things you may not see in the matter. And he can point that out because it's just like exactly like Elijah. When Elijah was faced with dealing with the um, <clears throat> with the Assyrians, Elijah was praying and in the presence of God, but God revealed to him in his sleep what they were doing. Matter of fact, God even gave, let him hear what King Ben-Hadad and his host was planning in his sleep was being revealed to him in a dream. God revealed him excess. So when God is with us, who could be for us? Who could be against us? But he will also avenge us. Okay, and it says that in Romans 20, 12, 19, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. Okay, in Deuteronomy 28 and 7, it says the Lord will cause, our, I love this, this is one of my foundation scriptures. The Lord will cause the enemies that rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They will come at you in one way and flee from before you in seven ways. And I have seen this happen in my life. I can't even tell you that in Terrence is also where people try to do things against us and it came back to them. They got kind of dispersed in a way. So God, this word is true. It is true. It is true. It is true. And we just have to hold on. We don't see every remedy right now, but there's a song that says when the when the righteous when wicked perish, the righteous rejoice. And I've seen some people who tried to come against us. It backfired. It backfired a lot. And so God will not be mocked and neither will he allow his people to be mocked. Okay. And also, and before we go further, let me say this part right here. All you remember in Exodus when God delivered Israel out of the hand, Egypt had held Israel in bondage for over 412 or 13 years. And when God said, let my people go, he meant let my people go. He was not talking just to be talking. He meant, he gave a, one command. And it came to pass. Now, a lot of people said to themselves, that how who can break the power of Pharaoh? Pharaoh had the most powerful army on earth at that time. 
God says, I am going to get honor and fame over the gods of Egypt and the king of Egypt. And they will know that I am the Lord thy God in the midst of thee. So God says, I will stretch out my hand against the land of Egypt and I will plague that land. And they will surely let you. He didn't say they may let you go. Or they could let you go. He said, when I stretch out my hand over that land, when I turn my face, not if he said first, he said, when I stretch out my hand against them, they will know that the God of Moses is the God. Now, when Moses came he did, and he performed the miracles God told him, they still heart and they heart. But then when Moses and them left, the Bible says when they left, God looked down in the in the, in the hour. And he saw the chariots of Pharaoh riding through the Red Sea. But when he saw it, God saw it was time to render justice. justice. For 400 years of killing, raping, looting, destroying free labor, and every injustice they had did against the children of Israel, God brought all that back in the paint. And one day he brought that. Not only that, but the children of Israel, the Bible said when they got to the other side, God will give me justice. But when they got to the other side, the Bible said Israel's son, God had brought down horse and rider in the Red Sea. And not only that, did he bring it out, but they also had the spoils of Egypt when Amen. they got to the other side. Amen. God will give me justice. Amen. And I really, I can't hear anybody and I don't want you to open up your mic, but let's just pause ourselves and say to ourselves, God will give me justice. God will give me justice. God will give me justice. Okay. He will. And so he will not let your enemies. I mean, there's some things that they're going to be able to do, but God is still gives us the ultimate victory. He, he, he said he came to destroy the works of the enemy. And, but we know that Satan continues to use all kinds of people against us, even Christians to carry out his plan. The fourth thing God will do is he will bless you in the midst of your enemies that's what psalms 23 says he will prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies he he does this so that your enemies can see no matter how much they come against you god is still going to be for you and still going to be blessing you in ways in some ways that they can't they're just never going to be able to stop when god wants something for you now the bible also says this moses said when moses told them before the last plague came moses told the women he gave them a command to go out and the Egyptian women were so afraid of the God of Israel that they gave their silver and gold to the women of Israel. They collected all. They went and got favor in the sight of God. Gave them favor. So the women of Egypt gave their gold and took off their necklaces and said, here, you can have it. Y'all leave. Please. These flags are too much. God gave them favor because he said, when y'all leave, you're not leaving out here with 400. You're not leaving empty-handed, but you're going to get 400 years of wages that was not given to you in 400 years. So God will give you justice. It is his way. Now, remember, any attack that you are suffering, remember, it's not because of you or me. It's because the anointing that God has placed on your life. Because a lot of, some people will get self-centered. It was all about me. No, it's not. Really not. It's about the anointing that is on your life. Don't get the two mixed up because we'll tell you something. We are all right, but we're not the Christ. We're, we're only followers of Christ. But Paul says, as I suffered, I suffer. Be imitators of God, Ephesians 1, 5 and 1 said, be dear intimate as I follow Christ, follow Christ. But God will give me justice. Now, Isaiah 45 and 3 says, I will give you treasures of darkness. Like the parents said when they got the spoils, because those people were darkness. That was their treasure. And hidden riches of secret places. Listen to this now. 
that you may know I, the Lord, who calls you by your name and the God of Israel. Now, also, too, let's go back to this part. Let's go back to David. When David was in Ziklag, he was out, they were out hunting for food as the women was preparing and the children prepared for dinner that day. As they went out in the morning to prepare for food because they were low on food, Ziklag was a small little town that David and his 600 men occupied. So when they got to Ziklag, when David, God never told David that they were going to be raided and, and they was going to be held hostage to women. But Ziklag, and let's go back at Ziklag, when David captured, he, the Bible says he recovered half a quarter, he recovered all. Not only he recovered all, but when he recovered, he recovered the spoils of the wicked at the same time, the Amalekites. And that's what it means in Isaiah 45 and 3, and please write that down. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I, the Lord, who called you by your name and the Lord God of Israel. God wants us to know he's going to bless us and do things for us and around us. When people try to persecute us, God turned around and did all these miraculous things. And people were like, wait, we try to, we try to do this to them. How they get that? We try to do this to them. How they achieve that? Because God will prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God will give you the treasures of darkness. He's going to do this. Now, look at this. I have one more thing I wanted to say. Okay. Go ahead when you pull it up. One more thing. Then when David got the when David recovered all the treasures, they had the Amalekites had looted some of the Moab areas around that region. They had looted other people too. So not only did they recover all, they got spoils they had took from other countries too. That's why David uh, they had said that so many times. David recovered all and more than what he had, so and gave some to the priests too. I will give you the treasures of darkness. And this is important with this, uh, David, those are people who are doing evil things, other countries, wicked things. He gives it to the righteous. So this is, this is a, a clip. This is a set of middle part of this movie. I'm going to play for you now. And let's see if I can share sound. Mm. And if this is too dark, let me know if you can't see it. Can y'all see that? It's kind of dark, but let me see. So the guy gets out of prison, but I told you that he met a priest right when he was out about to give up. He met this priest. This priest gave him this treasure map that the priest was in prison because he had this secret treasure map and he wouldn't tell where it was. So they put him in prison, but he ended up dying there. But before he died, he gave the map to this guy. The guy broke out and he got out. And it's hard to explain how he got out, but he did get out. Of, he broke himself out of prison and he took the map. And here's what happened. So he says, the guy at his friend asked him, what do you want to buy with all this money that you have? He says, revenge. And that's the part that where the story takes a different turn. So he starts doing all of these things to these people. And we'll, we'll show you what happens at the very end. So um, continuing with our, our, our message, God will help you defeat the enemy. He will give you the treasures of darkness as you saw that guy got. And he and the, what they did to him to put him in jail, it was horrible. He got beaten really badly and everything. But it turned out for his good because in prison, he met the priest. He learned how to read. He couldn't read before. He learned how to fence. He learned all this. Uh, he was very poor. So he learned all these things that very, very wealthy people could understand. Fencing, literature, philosophy. This guy taught him all this stuff before he died. And they gave him the map to the treasure thing. So he gets out of jail. And I don't know if y'all seen this movie before, but he gets out of jail. He takes the all the riches he has, 
And he starts going around to find all the people who he felt had betrayed him, including the woman that he loved. And he tries to take all this revenge against all of them. And his this little servant of his says, don't do it. You have everything. Don't. Stop. That is going to drive you crazy. You're not going to get what you want when you try to kill all these people. But all the people did get arrested and did everything to him. So the thing is, God will help you to, to, to defeat our enemies. And he will help you see who our real enemy is. Because our real enemy, of course, you might think it's a person or a group. But it, we really are not fighting flesh and blood, as it says in Ephesians 6, and you all know that. That it says we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, unseen world, and against mighty powers in spiritual places, heavenly places, in the spirit. Demons is what we're fighting. No matter if people are doing it consciously or unconsciously, and sometimes it's unconsciously, but even if they're doing it consciously, they're still under the influence and under the direction of Satan when they're doing things against us. They're gonna, God is not going to allow them to continue unchecked. And after we've done all we can, stand and see the salvation, but do everything you can. The one thing I did want to say this, I want to add this is make sure that God is with us when we go in battle. So every time David went in battle to do anything, he would ask God, shall I pursue or shall I stand down? So he got God input before David never pursued a battle without God's consent. Because he wanted to make sure that I want to make sure God is with me before I go in battle, because if he's for me, no one can stand against me. Amen. So make sure God is with you in battle. Don't ever go in battle alone, because if God is not with you, you can't beat those forces darkest by yourself and your own strength. Amen. But you need the power of God to overcome, because God is the only one that's omnipresent, omnipotent. He knows everything that's going on every hour of the day. We all only know things in part. See, in part, that's it. So, uh, and God will give us weapons, but they'll, they're spiritual weapons. Right. And of course, as we said, there's nothing wrong with using the natural remedies of legal counsel right. and, and, and things like that. But we have uh, some weapons that the enemy can't contend with. And 2 Corinthians, as you know, 10.4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Five, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing even our thoughts into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being able to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. So we must also obey in the midst of us fighting back. We need to be obedient to God, to um, submit ourselves to God and to let, you know, let God have his way in the, in the end of this thing. And we're, we're not to be uh, completely complacent but we're to continue to walk as a barefooted priest every minute. God, what should I do? I'm going to tell you something. Two days ago, or was it yesterday? Maybe the day before. I went to get my hair done. It didn't turn out. It was like, I said, these people are not doing this right. And I've gone to them before. I was like so upset. I got out of the chair. I kid you not. And I just went to over there by the door and started praying. They looked at me like they probably thought I was a nut. I was like, Lord, should I just leave? They had already started. Okay, you know whoever gets their hair braided it's, it's a very long process so i was like it was it shit they were maybe a fourth of the way through and i thought they're just not doing this right and i just went over to that door and started praying i was like lord i don't know what's going on here i know these people any other time they're very kind this time they seemed like they were just i don't know they were like deliberately trying to not do something right i went over that door i got up out the seat and i i didn't leave but i just started praying over there and I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on and I don't know what I should do. So, but you know what to do. So Lord, I ask you to have your way in this situation right now. Okay, 
it's some hair. Who cares? I mean, I can go get my hair done somewhere else. But I stopped and gave God authority to fix this thing because I wasn't going to fight if these people were doing anything, any kind of way, being influenced some kind of other way to not do it. And when I sat back in that chair, I had complete peace. It turned out great. And I just said, you know what? I'm not going to fight this thing. I'm not going to leave. I could have gone somewhere else, but I didn't. So God will give us spiritual weapons. He's going to give us prayer. I said, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I need your help. I, I wasn't, I mean, I was talking out loud. I mean, I, 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 they may have heard me. I don't know if they heard me or not. The TV was on in there and everything. But I'm, I said what I said. And when I sat back down, I did not feel any more negative. I felt that they were doing it right. And they did. And they did it perfectly, even better than before when I came before. So God does give us spiritual weapons. When we try to do things on our own strength, sometimes we get obsessed with, you know, fighting back and we fail to give God uh, just control over things and humble ourselves. So I want to show you the end of the movie now. And um, the guy, he got out of prison. First, he did all these things to get these people back. Like he went and tried to destroy them and tried to destroy one of the kids person's son and everything and that at the end he he bowed his head to god and said i'm going to do it god's way and this is how this movie and this is a beautiful movie and it's not a christian movie but he there's so many references to god in here and this guy's faith that he almost gave up on this one time he said when he was in the prison part the priest was trying to talk to him about god he said i don't believe in god and the priest said to him god believes in you and he he just started crying, but here's how it ends. And and I'll let Terrence close up after we watch this. This is how it ended. He got he got everything he wanted back. He was a, a multi-million, a billionaire probably in our 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 um monetary system today. He was probably a multi-billionaire, billionaire. And he had he had lost the girl, he got her back. He had lost his everything, he got everything back and more. He didn't even have to go back to the little job he got because he was already he's like very wealthy. So but let's go to the end, and here we go. That's in the prison. God will give me justice, and he will give us justice. He didn't believe it for a little while. When he first saw it, he thought it was stupid because he said, whoever wrote that died in here, so what, what, what justice did he get? But the justice came when that guy saw the paper, and he carved it in, and he met the priest, and he found the treasure. And he did all kinds of mean stuff in the middle of the movie, really bad things because he was so angry at everyone. But his that little friend of his kept telling him, don't do it. You're, driving, you're going to go mad trying to get revenge. Leave it, leave it in God's hands. Now, this wasn't a Christian movie at all, but it, it had such an underlying message of Christ. Amen. And also, too, he was mad with God, too. Yes, he was he mad was. with God also, too. If you really look at the whole picture, it's a good picture. We have, have the video. This, this came out in 2002. But I want to say this right here. Thank you. God will give you, it will give us righteous justice. I want to take your minds that y'all know about Job and, and the calamities that he went through. But I'm going to talk about something that happened in our century. Let's go to last year. We got a chance to visit Chicago, Illinois. It was up there for a couple of days. And we got to see some sightseeing tours and stuff like that. Things that took place, like the Valentine's Day uh, massacre that took place over there. We saw those exact spots where the men were killed. But Alfonso Capone. Al Capone was a, a young thug. I call him a thug from Brooklyn, New York. 
was raised Catholic, but turned into a criminal at a young age. Uh, he took over the gangster mob outfit in Chicago in 1925 up until 1929 and killed numerous amounts of people. Uh, I did some research and it was short about he it basically had that whole city almost in terrorization mode where basically he controlled majority of the city. There was so much corruption in Chicago in the 20s that the police and everything, most of them was on his payroll. A lot of So at that time, President Hoover had decided they had to bring this man down after the St. Valentine's Day massacre that took place. And Al Capone was no doubt behind it with Frank Nitti, his underboss, Hitchman, was involved with this. But also, too, Al Capone thought that when he went to court, they called him in the courtroom. He thought every time they took him in there, he kept getting off again and again and again. But God will give me justice now. Sears and Robert, their business was being interfered by Al Capone and other businesses was being interfered because of his bully and henchmen around there. After a while, they sent in a team of untouchables. You've probably seen it with Robert Stack back in the 60s. And he thought this was just a formality when they called him in the courtroom. So they, could, they couldn't link the murders to him. But what they did, they got him on income tax evasion. So God will give us justice. Let me tell you what happened. He thought when he went in, it was just a formality. He'll pay a fine and he would get off. So God took away the thing he thought that he was going to get away. See, your enemy is not smarter than God, first of all. He cannot outthink God. So he cannot take, you know, what I'm saying right now. This is to show you that God will give us justice. And so the movie showed right there that everything that was taken away from him was restored back. He basically recovered all, just like David and more. And so, way, yes. Very similar, different way. But God has a time. And a lot of people say, well, why did I have to go? Let me tell you something. I cannot explain to you why you're going through what you're going through. Only God knows that. I can only tell you what we went through. But I will tell you, God will give you justice. Now, Al Capone, when he went into court in 1931, he thought that he was going to get off. So what he did, what he did, he bribed, he had his men to bribe the entire jury that was going in the courtroom. So the one thing when he realized before the court started, the judge Wilkerson ordered to switch the jury from one courtroom from another. God had did a switch on him. And what happened was he wound up getting convicted. Let's go back to the movie right here of Count Monte Cristo. This man got justice. He got full, he got full restoration. And God gave him back all the desires and more of his heart. He got his wife that he was supposed to, he was engaged to back. He even had a son. He had a son that came and was named very similar like him in the movie. And he got he got riches that he now all he was trying to do is really get his freedom. He never envisioned, he never asked for a whole lot of money, but he had a little small job. But God gave him the justice and way more. That's why the Bible says he could do more exceedingly abundantly than we can even ask or even think. So let's not limit God when it comes to rendering justice and giving us restoration because God is able to do so. And God will give you justice and he's given us justice and he's given you all justice in different ways that you might not even realize at the moment or something that is in the works that it's going to happen later or something that he's, you don't know what he's doing. But just like Terrence said, and people didn't know why they were suffering so long. That guy in that movie stayed in prison for 13 years. He thought he would die there. He had no intention of ever leaving. And when he threw the little stone on the floor, he just was like, I'm just going to die here. I'm not going to wait for God. I'm just, like Terrence said, he said, I'm not even going to call out to God. Because when he carved that thing every day, that was his way of saying, God, help me. And then later on, he said, oh, well, I just, I gave up on God too. And so he threw the little thing down. 
But just when he threw that stone down, that other that priest burst through the floor. And we can't show you the whole thing. But if anybody's seen this movie, you know what I'm talking about. And if you haven't seen the movie, if you have a chance to see it, it's free. This is right on YouTube. I'm, I'm looking at it right on YouTube, the entire movie free. And I also have the video. So if you get a chance to watch it, it's a, it's a wonderful message, encouraging message about God will give me that. And Terrence just said, we hadn't seen this movie in years. We saw it a long time ago. But he said, well, I got a good idea. God's justice or God will give me. I said, oh, let me think of I said, that movie, God will give me justice. And he will. You will see that when you go, you'll go to the places where your enemies would have persecuted you. And it won't hurt anymore because you know that you're in the hands of God. When, he, when the guy asked him, is it painful? He said, no, because he knew at that point that the priest had told him the right thing, that he needed to trust God. That's why he said, you're right, priest, you're right. This is, it, if it wasn't a Christian movie, whoever wrote it was a Christian. And they just put their faith kind of in there. But we, we just wanted to encourage you all today about the justice. But also too, remember this, you are in great company if you're in Christ Jesus. Because think about this, if you had a ceremony for those who suffered for righteousness, you wouldn't, the ceremony would never end in heaven right now. Look at Stephen, a man that was a, a minister, he was coming up and he was stoned for proclaiming Christ, professing Christ. Look at Timothy. Timothy was killed because he was pushing out the apostasy that was trying to come into the church in Ephesus. He had gained ground, him and Paul, but the apostasy returned back even stronger than it was before. But with his help, he was able to hold the line, but it cost him his life. And Timothy wound up being beaten to death by a club, by a club of men with clubs mm. in the hand. He was beaten basically like police brutality, basically. He was beaten now to a bloody pole. But look at this. Paul says, look, I've been shipwrecked, bit by a viper. But let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, quitting is not an option for Christians. Mm. Jesus said we would go through trial. And now you can say, Pastor, yes, I do. Let me tell you this. Committing suicide is not the answer. That's not going to do anything. That's just quitting, basically. Quitting is not an option. And sometimes we might have felt like giving up. All of us have been there. You're not the only one. All of us have been there. Trust me. There's been some days I said, Lord, I could, you could have skipped over them days. But you know what? We keep going. When you look back over the now, we're talking about Hawaii. The terrible fires is going on right now over there. It's terrible fires. You know how I many people, yeah, a lot of rich people got second homes over there, Oprah Winfrey that I know is one of them, okay? And uh, these homes over there are very expensive, but you know what? The thing about it, they can rebuild and start over. When we do pray for those who lost their lives, okay? And we pray for the rest of us. We also pray for, look at the violence that's current all over the world in, in Africa and Haiti right now. Pray for them right now. They got it so bad right now in Haiti because one of my relatives is from Haiti. This Meredith of my family is from the island of Haiti. And so he told me it's so bad over there right now. It's basically, it's a lawless government right now. So you got to walk around with a gun or machete in your hand to protect your family right now. We're not walking around. I mean, we're going through persecution here, but not like that. Amen. Well, you got to carry a gun around or machete around. He basically said it's lawless right now in Haiti, right? They have no leader, and they're trying to figure out who is going to be the next leader. But God will give us justice, but wait on him. You got to say, Lord, give me the patience to wait on you. And also pray and say, Lord, let me see it from your perspective. Give me your perspective. If I see it through my eyes, I'm going to see it the way men and women do of the, of the world. 
And the way we see it is a lot different than I guess than the perspective God sees it from. God sees it for an opportunity to expand us, to grow, to, in, to, in, to, uh, to cultivate patience or forgiveness or understanding. But God sees it from a different perspective than what we are going through right now. He's trying to teach us something. But whatever he's doing, we know that we can trust him. That's where it comes to right now, whatever the situation. But I know one thing, if God be for us, who could be against us? God will give us justice and he will run it back. Now, Barbara says, also, I saw the wicked spreading like a cat grasshopper. And then I look back again, they were no more. They were gone. You got to understand one thing. Your enemy time is running out. You know, have you, have you ever seen the owl's clock? The owl's clock is a clock where the sand is at the top. And when that last drop go out, God says, okay, time to run the adjustment. If you get a chance, look at the book of, well, right now, look at the book of Ezekiel chapter 7 and 19. The Bible said that the rich, that even though in the last days, the rich will be super rich. And they're going to say, this money will secure me. This money will take care of me. I can put my faith in these things because I got security. Wrong. They're going to find out one day God is going to rattle the earth so bad that money will probably won't be, will be probably be worthless in those days. That's why Ezekiel 7 and 19 said, God says, I'm going to crash. He probably said, I'm going to crash every market and bring this, this world down to its knees. Look what happened. Just you and I witnessed something the last two years ago when we lost. We had all these millions of jobs. In, within one season, 10 million jobs were lost in the United States. Just over one, one, one pestilence. One. Can you imagine having five or 10 at the same time? We don't even have a, we don't right now, I was doing some research, we do not even have enough hospital beds for all these people in this country right now. That's why they had to bring in ships to bring in people, they had to, they had to rent ships on it. But God will give us justice, he will take care of the righteous. Brothers and sisters, I don't know when you will get this justice, but I know God and nobody is greater than giving justice than God. Let me tell you something. You can get justice in the courtroom. There's nothing wrong with that. If you got a legal matter and God tell you to go forward, go forward and use the legal system. We got justice in the courtroom. My wife, for her job, when she was under attack, we used the legal system, but we got guidance and direction of God. We said, we, you know, they gave her an option around saying, no, we're not going to do nothing. We're going to fight. We're going to pursue. We heard the word pursue and overtake. We pursued and overtake. And the people at my wife's job was astonished. Right. They said that had never happened. But when God is for you, God gave us justice because he knew my wife was in the right and they were wrong. And they still to this day cannot believe what God did. Not what Terrence and Pam did. We don't work miracles, but we know who do. Amen. But I'm going to tell you something. But that was a long and we process. We wanted them to know that it was God. We, prayed. we wanted them to know that God did this because we wanted them to know no matter what you do, right. the Lord will prepare a table for me in the presence of you enemies. Amen. Amen. Your enemies. He's going to prepare a table. My husband, they tried to do certain things to him. Yeah, um, and, yeah. his, and he turned around and, and turned out rebel. things beautifully yeah. for, for a wonderful, prosperous favor. Right. And they asked him, how'd you do it? He said, it's the Lord. That's who it is. It's the Lord. He, we want people to know that God is preparing a table for us in the presence of our enemies. We want us to get them to know that no matter what you do, you cannot outdo God. You cannot overtake us more than God can protect us. And if, even if God is allowing us to go through like he did some of the disciples, he still prevailed. They thought they got rid of Jesus. They were happy. They thought he was gone. But three days later, they found out, like that song said, you can't keep a good man down. 
Remember that song? I can't remember who wrote it. But they said they nailed him to the cross by his hands and his feet and they put him in the ground. And three days later, everybody found out that you can't keep They can't. God will give us justice. And you know, God was going to tell you, let me tell you this right now. No matter what you're going through, God has an expiration date on the enemy. That's why the Bible said God looks and laughs at the wicked. Uh, yes, he does. He looks and laughs because he sees his day of destruction. And see, just like Al Capone, Al Capone died in the, under 50 years. All that wickedness came to an end. All four years of fame came to eternity in hell right now. That's what he is, burning in hell. And if God will pour the bucket of blood on his hands, all the people he murdered down and killed. He, believe me, his hands couldn't hold all that blood right now. So believe me, God got a day. That's why God, Bible said in Deuteronomy 28, the Lord shall cause the enemies that rise up to be defeated in your face, and they shall come out against you in one way and flee in seven ways. Seven means completion. Completion means God has completed his judgment. Now, let me tell you something. Do you think your enemy is anyway near smarter than God? Pharaoh wasn't any smarter than God. So what you think these panty people are? They're nothing in the sight of God. Do you know that when they go to sleep, God, they're people that don't wake up every day. People die in their sleep all the time. So let me tell you this. There is nothing above him, Christ Jesus, but his own glory. And everything is beneath his feet. You understand that? Everything is beneath his feet. But you got to understand one thing. Great is he that's in yeah, me. Right back. Yes. That's right. Great is he is in me. But I want you to stand. Do not glorify him. Glorify God. And why you're in this. That's why the Bible says God was pleased with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because when they were thrown into the fire, they were falsely accused. They were set up. And they were put in there. But watch this right here. When they went in there, they continued to pray out to God. And they told Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, we will never serve your God. But they say, even if God do not deliver us from this fiery friend, we will never serve your gods. But let's go over to David, the companion, Daniel. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, by, when King Darius cried out and prayed, and said, Lord, I don't know who you are, but you are the God of Daniel, and please help your servant Daniel. The Bible said that they put the vicious lion in there to kill Daniel. God, God came down in the lion then and sealed up the mouth of the lion. So they were like little kids. Don't tell me what God can't do. He was Mendel in the fiery furnace. That's not natural. They come out of a fiery furnace. Now watch this. And here, and then watch this. Now when the, when the next day, look at this. When King Darius went and he heard, he said, he asked, Daniel, servant of the living God, were your God able to, he said, yes, O king. king. First he said, O king, live forever. That means bless you forever, king. And when he heard that King Darius fell down and worshiped God, because he knew that Darius, the, 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 he knew that Daniel's God was God. Amen. And when he said, he gave two commands. He was so happy. He said, you know, because he was deceived in the thorn Daniel into the line by his own officials. And see, in the virgin, when they give the order and the king gives a seal or permit, he can't change it unless it's been proven it was deception. It was proven on that day. They were setting up Daniel. But here's what happened. They set themselves up. Mm -hmm. So when they went with the lions, they went to the lions, then the see Daniel scattered. There was going to be bones and blood left from the lions. But when they got there and they heard Daniel, they were all afraid. They didn't know what was going on. The God of Daniel came down and rescued him in the midst of his enemies. And what happened? The Bible says Darius, King Darius, the Persian king, gave two commands. First command he gave, watch this. 
The first command, God will give me justice. The first command King Darius gave, he said, watch this, bring Daniel up out of the line then. That was the first command. Then he turned back and looked at them and gave the second command. What was the second command, Pastor? Take all the ones that accused him and throw them into the pit with their families and their servants. He threw them and he told God what he did. He exchanged the place. Hey, he took the end with the enemy meant for God. God worked it out for places. He took them and threw them into the lines and pulled Daniel out. So when he put them into lions and he loosened the mouth for the lions and let them have a feast. <laughs> and look at that, look at let's look at Joseph. Joseph, who stayed in prison for 22 years for fall envy and jealousy of his brothers. God, even though his brothers did him wrong, God made him the second most powerful man in the world. And not only that, he became a grocery, he became the manager of the grocery store over the world. It's like Kroger's one of the big uh fast food chain uh grocery store here. He helped God then realized what God was doing through Joseph. He saved everybody's life on earth from starvation, of seven years of famine. God took him all day. All Joseph was trying to do is get back to his father, Israel. But God says, I got to promote you to the be prime minister over Pharaoh okay. as a father. Okay. And you're going to use. So God was preparing him for something greater than what he could. That's why I said, do not lean to your own understanding and realize, ask and seek God. Is there something bigger in this that I'm going through that I may not comprehend? All he was trying to do was get back to his father Israel. He just wanted to plead his case that I'm innocent. But you know what God says? When you'll get out, when I give you justice. <laughs> and when I give you justice, I'm going to make you the most powerful man in the world. Son of another of a man from another country. The Bible said Pharaoh, he was the father unto Pharaoh. And when he came, he was the reason why we were all saved today because God made him to Everybody came so they had to come there. God made it so they had to come there for seven years. Remember, they had seven years of plenty inflation. And then God said after that, the dream that Pharaoh had was the seven years of harvest. They had to store up all the wheat to survive. And then seven years of famine came. So so Joseph became the grocer to the whole world. Amen. Like he had the keys and said, I could, he, he could tell who could. And what Pharaoh said, whatever Joseph does, he says, whatever he command you do, do. The only thing will exceed you over me and over me over you is that I sit upon the throne. But I know. So God will give you justice. But brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. You might see it as an attack. But God might see it as a setup for something, for a promotion or something that you may not even be seeing it. Because when you get so caught up with only the pain, you can't see past that. So ask God for a bigger vision. What am I going through right yes. now? Yes. That's why you can't quit. If Joseph would have quit, he would have never been prime minister of England. Or if Daniel would have quit, he would never got an alliance then. Or what about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You are not in this alone. You, there are others. Let me tell you something. If I begin to tell you what other the people went through in the Bible, you're going to blow your mind. I don't have the time to do it right now. But I know one thing. God will give you justice and say, Lord, right now, be glorified. Welcome him in. I invite him in. Say, Lord, come in to be the fourth man in the fire. And as I worship you, I know that I can trust you right now. If you want an airplane, let me tell you something. I'm just and I'm done. Well, the, one of the last times we were down the Caribbean, the wind was so strong. When you land, when you come over any of those Caribbean islands, the winds are strong coming off that ocean. Sometimes it makes the place shake real hard. 
And it felt like the plane was going to go down when we was landing. When, it, when those airports, in, it was in Puerto Rico for vacation a couple of days. And I said, me and Pam, we locked on. We said, well, hey, if we go down, there's nothing we can do. We, I can't fly this plane. You can't go. So we're going to have to trust God. And this, so we locked on to start praying and said, Lord, God, God said, don't worry about it. I got it. I got this plane. Matter of fact, I hold it up with my right hand. You trust me. I said, Lord, I don't have no choices. I can't fly this plane. <laughs> And my wife showed up, okay? So if it go down, we'll just be praising you. If it stay up, we're still going to be praising you. But whatever you want to do, Lord, we're going to be praising you. We're going to be praising you. We're going to be praising you. You know what? The outcome don't even have to come out the way I want it to. I'm going to praise you. You understand? That's why Job said, Yo, let me, Lord, even though you slay me, I'm going to stand. Oh, I'm going to pray. Don't let the enemy work on giving up, giving rid of that mentality. Everybody that sits at the welcome table, everybody's life is a story. If there's no test, then what is this? What's the testimony? Mm -hmm. What's the test? If you ain't went through nothing, everybody in this Bible has went through something on a bigger scale than you and I don't even know. What we went through, what the first saints in the church that was laid in Antioch by Jesus, the foundation, the cornerstone, those saints, what they all went through, let me tell you something. They'll have a whole lot more than what's said just in the Bible to tell you. And we'll be there to listen for centuries. And everybody's sitting at that table with their crowns before Jesus. And I, we have, everybody at that table is an overcomer. There's nobody at that table is a quitter. Everybody sits at the welcome table is an overcomer because of what? The blood of the Lamb. Now, you get an option. You can, we could be like Jesus and say, Lord, we'll quit because it was just too hard. But then Jesus said, well, you don't belong here. Take your garment and get out of here. But the ones endure to the end Amen. shall be saved. Amen. And that's all I have to say. God will give you justice, but brothers and sisters, you have to get rid of this give up and quit mentality because that's what the Bible says in the last days that people are going to churches, it's going to be a great falling away. You know why? Because they want everything easy and convenient. They want no problems. They want this happy and laughter. That is Hollywood. That is not even real. It's called acting. You, they get paid for that, whether it's high or low. This is life. And it's right now, as you see right now, We forgot one more thing to pray for. What about Canada? Canada's got more wildfires coming up right now. Uh-huh. They had the ones that was in New York. Now it's some in the Northeast. This is not, this is unusual right now. This is not normal. Not normal. So we got problems and we got other countries right on turmoil. I'll bring them up. But God bless you. I'm praying for you. And God is counting on us. Stand and salvation. Watch the movie, the uh, Captain of Monte Cristo. It's a pretty good movie. Not God a Christian will movie, give but me God justice. will give me justice. And you, if you got to write it down in your diary every day, say this with me. God, God will, will give, give me, me justice. And keep rereading like he did. He reinstated that thing until it got in his bones. And you know what? Say, I've been these folks alone. It's God guaranteed to hear it. What the, the big payback, James Brown is saying. So let him deal with that. He'll handle that. But brothers and sisters, if God be for us, who can be against us? God bless you. That's God all we have. God will give me justice. And we love you guys. We're praying for you. Stay, be strong in the Lord and what the power of his might. Amen. 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 Thank you.